0: They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. He a whole burst through it 20. He got to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 10. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number
2: 29, Eric Dickerson.
0: Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on, and he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl.
2: Talk radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart.
3: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. It's Derek C. Apollo with Well, no one. I'm by myself. Mike's Mike's busy. Everybody's busy. We're all working. But could not leave you hanging with, without another midweek podcast. Get you guys looking towards the game. This and a night. Big game. The four-and-one Los Angeles Rams facing the two and three. 49ers, a 49ers team coming off a devastating loss to Miami. A team that we thought was going to run through the NFC West, at least. And in the, end, the NFC West is proving to be a great division. also, for the 49ers, a struggle. It's been a struggle. And we'll see what they do as they get to the meat of their actual season. We're going to talk to Matt Barr. He's been on the show before. He's from the 4th and Gold podcast, 4 Web Zone pfn 365 he's everywhere i mean the guy is all over and he has his thoughts on the niners and we're also going to give our predictions on that first things first we're looking for sponsors for the you know the rest of the season reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or give us a call at 657-665-453 we'd appreciate a good partner on that also apple music don't forget leave a review all right, so it's time for Matt Barr. Let's bring him on. Here we go. All right, folks, we here with Matt Barr, who has many hats covering the 49ers, everything ranging from the Fourth and Gold podcast to writing for 49ers Hub and 49ers Web Zone, also on the breakdown for PFN 365. Matt, last time we talked, it was a, it was a much different conversation. You are much, much higher on the 49ers this year. And now they're struggling, 2-3 and entering the heart of their schedule. First of all, how are you? And then part two of that is, how are the 49ers?
2: Uh, I'm good. I'm here to eat my crow, my man. I I was talking big about the 49ers, and they have come out, and there's been a lot of factors to them playing flat, but they have not played well. Uh, Personally, I am good. The 49ers are not so good. Uh, Like you said, they're 2-3 and going into the heart of their schedule, and really, when you look at their schedule, they... Everybody kind of was assuming they were gonna come out of this at five and 4 and one. And now they're sitting two and three. The next seven games are absolutely brutal. Two against the Rams, They have the Patriots, Bills, Saints, Packers, and Seahawks over the next seven weeks. And it's just it's such a tough stretch to play. So we're really gonna see what this 49ers team is made of coming up.
3: So as you're breaking things down, we've last talked you know, I've I've been saying for the last couple of years now, the 49ers are built. To beat the Rams. They made a couple moves that, to me, seem to be... You know, you're breaking a little bit of the core up on the defensive line to get some new in there, but still very talented. You, and now I'm looking at this and going, still a lot of talent there, but something's just not right with that talent. What's going on?
2: The talent is there. The problem is the 49ers the, the are very, very top-heavy. When it comes to stars, I think they're built very similar to the Rams in that way, that the best players on that team are just, they matter so much to the team. Nick Bosa mattered so much to this defense. D. Ford mattered so much to this defense. And they just don't have the players to replace those guys. They don't have the other edge rushers that can step up and do that. And when that happens, you know, Richard Sherman, hes he's out with a calf injury, which I think is more related to his Achilles and his calf. I don't even know if we see Richard Sherman play another down this year, just because it's a contract year for him it might be a business decision you know if the 49ers are not going to be playing well he might not want to go out there and try and aggravate this before he gets one last contract probably so Richard Sherman being out Bosa Ford being out it the lack of a pass rush leads to the secondary getting exposed and it kind of just leaves the linebackers which are very very good caught in between two forces that can't hold up their end of the bargain and it's been It's been tough sledding defensively. I think you're absolutely right. They were built to beat the Rams, but now these injuries have just knocked them down so many pegs. And the biggest issue I see, because the games don't stop because of injuries, right? They don't stop playing because the team gets hurt. The team can come out there. It's just they don't look like they want to be there. They're not playing with the same fire and intensity they were playing with in 2019. And that is just like, that's why they go and get blown out by Miami. Because they just... They didn't. It didn't look like they wanted to be there on Sunday.
3: I mean, I would think they're going to want to be there playing against the Rams. This a divisional opponent. This is a rivalry that's starting to get hot again. And I would think there will probably be a different team coming out. Are you getting any kind of sense of that or not?
2: I hope so. I really hope so. Um, the play interviews and the coach interviews don't sound like they're on the same page, which is a little bit concerning to me. Uh, you had Kyle Shanahan coming out and saying that they're throwing the ball too much, and then they interviewed Raheem Mostert, and he came out and said, well, they need to throw the ball more to open the defenses up sort of thing. So really, I, I don't know if anybody's on the same page in that in that locker room right now. and it's, it's pretty concerning to me because this group has to figure it out and has to figure it out quick because otherwise, like I said, these next seven games, if they come out and play like they did against Miami, they're going to go 0-7. And a team that was in the Super Bowl less than eight months ago is going to be looking at 2-10. and And that is not – not an ideal situation for them to be in uh they have a, they have man I, I i can't put my finger on what it is exactly for this team but they really need to come out and play with some intensity against the rams because like you said it is a division game it is important to them and their season is on the line because they lose this one you might as well pack it in there's no point in in having playoff aspirations at two and four with the schedule they have coming up
3: well, that may be again makes me think that says this, this is still a team that made it to the Super Bowl. This is still a team that you know tasted what it was to win, and it's the Rams are playing. This isn't some scrub. This is a rival team they know well, and I would think they would show up for this game. But something that you're talking about is is, is raising my eyebrows. Kyle Shanahan, you know the handpicked guy to come in there and coach this team. He had his chrism for the first couple of years. They put there last year. They go to the certain bowl. And now it seems there's a disconnect. Where does the organization stand with Kyle Shanahan? Where do the players stand? What's going on out there with this?
2: Well, Kyle Shanahan just signed a six-year extension, so he's not going anywhere. Unless he walks away from this team, he's not going anywhere. That's, that's, the, that's the long and short of it for him. Player-wise, I think that Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust his quarterbacks. I don't think he trusts Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he trusts C.J. Bethard. I don't think he trusts Nick Mullins. He doesn't like any of the quarterbacks on his roster right now is, is the feeling that I get. I think the quarterback he likes the most personally is probably C.J. Bethard, but C.J. Bethard doesn't have the tools to to do it. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he, he's coming off the high ankle sprain. They said that you know he, he was pulled in the first half to protect him. I don't buy it. He wasn't hurt. He was moving fine. He just didn't have it on sunday and there was nothing that they could have done to leave him in to even hope to have a chance to come back and win that game uh it's it's really disconnected with the quarterbacks that's where i think it lies is is kyle doesn't trust his quarterbacks to go out there and perform and do what they need to do so he doesn't call the right plays so all this we know we called kyle shanahan disrespectful kyle last year because he would be all the way in his bag with his play calls and this year the offense just seems boring which it shouldn't be because when you look on paper, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, they are exciting weapons. But Kyle doesn't trust the doesn't trust his guys to operate and and pull it off because the offensive line is playing poorly and the quarterbacks are playing poorly and just, it's a whole mess in San Francisco right now. Like I said, if they don't figure it out quick, uh, we could be looking at a very very different roster in twenty twenty one.
3: When you're talking about that, it just brings back memories of last year. Now, the first two years, we had Sean McVeigh, He was a wizard. He was the guy who made magic happen on offense, had all tools, couldn't do anything wrong. All of a sudden, to uh, the, the Detroit game a couple years back where we saw Matt Patricia's defense kind of doing some things that caused off-guard and, and the Bears. And then you get all of the Super Bowl still, and Belichick shuts him down. Last year, come in offensive line problems, play calling shifts, and all of a sudden this offense that was amazing is a lot of times hot garbage. That perspective kind of comes in mind here as I'm hearing you talking about we have these playmakers, you have an offensive line that's struggling. What we learned this year as the Rams have adjusted is Sean McVay can still call plays. He still mm-hmm. has everything there we've had a better offensive line. How much of this quarterback play comes to the offensive line? How much of it is actually play calling on Shanahan's part or the fact that the offensive line has not been what you, what you hoped it would be?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little column A, a little column B on that one. Um, the offensive line is playing very poorly. They lost Joe Staley to retirement in the offseason. That seems to have affected Mike McGlinchey a lot harder than I think people would have thought it would. He's lost his running mate. He's lost his karaoke partner. You know, he's lost his swing guy. Um It's hurt his confidence. McGlinchey's out there, kind of snapping at reporters and snapping at fans that 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 said he's had a poor season, which he has had a poor season. Um, Trent Williams is is a great player, but he's doesn't. The cohesion isn't there on the offensive line, right? Like last year, the cohesion was there for everybody. It's not now, Um, and, and the play calling is just a little bit off. And you talk about McVay, how he had his play calling down. Um, And then once they started to get a good defense to kind of counteract that, he struggled with it. And I actually said something about that uh, coming off the Super Bowl. I I thought the Rams were due for a big regression last year because McVay struggled to adjust. And he had his plan A, and he was going to do his plan A, if that required slamming his head into the wall. I have to give my – I take my hat off to McVay this year because he has completely – Change the way he calls the game, and he, he is adjusting on the fly. He's doing a very good job of it and keeping Jared Goff in a position to succeed, which for Jared Goff is a, is a clean pocket, and uh, he's got that offense humming and looking pretty good.
3: So all that comparison now, you get Kyle Shanahan, doesn't have faith in his, in his quarterback, by the looks of quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. the offensive line struggling. How quickly do you see this Fixing, I mean, I've got to think there's too much talent there for them not
2: to fix it. Yeah, it's really going to require, because it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, right? That's going to be the quarterback. He had a really bad half against Miami, and they pulled him for two really bad interceptions right before the half. Um, It's going to be him moving forward. There's too much money invested in him for this season. There's not much left on his contract that is tied to the 49ers. They can actually move off him for, I believe, $2.5 million in dead cap, which as opposed to paying him $28 million sounds very good at this point. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing for his job. He's absolutely playing for his job. And if he can't fix this and if this offense continues to sputter, the 49ers are going to have new quarterbacks in 2021. And I don't hesitate to say that at all. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't come out and lead them to, I mean, I almost got to say lead them to the playoffs at this point to save his job because I really don't think Kyle Shanahan trusts him to push the ball down the field and defenses aren't threatened by it. When you, when you watch the tape for Miami game and for the Arizona Cardinals game, they sit at the sticks and they dare Jimmy to throw it deep. They are letting guys run free 15, 20, 30 yards downfield because they know Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to get there his progressions. And even if he does, he's not going to let it rip. He, he either can't or won't throw the ball deep and it's killing this offense. Because Kyle Shanahan is dialing up plays to get the ball out and get it, push it down the field. And Jimmy Garoppolo is living in the middle of the field and short. So defenses are stacking the middle of the field and they're forcing him to throw outside and deep. And it's not not his game. And I don't think it's ever going to be Jimmy Garoppolo's game. So if if Garoppolo can't figure it out and gain some confidence, I don't think this offense is really going to figure it out all year.
3: So my question then is this. Isn't, I mean, isn't this kind of normal, though? I mean, we've seen the Jared Goff. A lot of young quarterbacks come up and it's common, the younger you, as you're young and developing, to not run through progressions. What makes Jimmy Garoppolo different in that his job's in the line?
2: Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo's also not young. This is his seventh or eighth year in the league, so he's not on a rookie. But
3: how, many, but how many is a starter, Matt?
2: Uh, it's that just was a, a starter, but he played behind Tom Brady for three years before he was traded. He had uh, last year was his full, I guess, "quote unquote" full, full year, first full year. But it, it, I, I, at some point, you are what you are,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and no matter of uh, of always, oh, well I'm I'm running out of excuses. I'm running out of tolerance for excuses uh-huh. for Jimmy Garoppolo is where I'm getting at. Um, the offensive line is not playing great. Sure, plenty of other quarterbacks played behind bad offensive lines and they still, they they still managed to figure it out. The um, week one excuse was his weapons weren't there, but guys were running wide open down the field. Uh, week four was – or week five, excuse me, was, you know, oh, well, his, his ankles hurt. But he didn't look hurt in pregame. He didn't look hurt when he had to scramble out of the pocket. He never really looked hurt. His footwork's always been terrible. He wasn't stepping into his throws. So that's kind of just how he throws the ball anyway. Uh, there's – I'm running out of excuses, and I'm running out of – Time to give Jimmy Garoppolo these excuses. And at some point, like I said, I think you are who you are. And I think we've seen the peak of what Jimmy Garoppolo could be. And that was last year behind a good offensive line and and, and a Kyle Shanahan that was fully ready to commit to him. But now all that stuff's on tape. They've seen how to stop it. And teams are focusing in stack the box, stop the run, keep Jimmy out of the middle, and it's it's working really well for them.
3: I mean, I, I hate to really kind of pin on you know pin on this, but I'm going back to Jared Goff. Same thing. Saw a lot of these issues last year. Um, running through progressions, making some dumb mistakes. Uh, just I go back to the Cincinnati game, and I always go back to that interception he threw in, in the Cincinnati game, and thought, oh my gosh, this is part of the worst mm-hmm. interception I've ever seen a quarterback throw. Mm-hmm. But yet they come back this year and retool some things, and Jared's doing fine. Doing well, actually, one of the better quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league rating wise. I mean, what is the difference, though? I mean, Jared's twenty six. He's this is his fifth year starting, if I'm if I'm my numbers right. Uh, and what's the difference, though, between Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo?
2: Elite arm talent, actual elite arm talent. I think Jared. I think Jared Goff from a clean pocket is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I absolutely 100 percent believe that. He can sling the rock with the best of them. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can do the same. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have the arm talent. You can give him all day back there. And and you saw it in the Super Bowl. Everybody likes to peg that last that last throw to Emmanuel Sanders where you overthrow him. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a that's an overthrow. But if you go back and you look through the season, he doesn't throw a good deep ball. Even when he had guys running wide open. Look, Rams guys, so third and sixteen. Second, third, and 16 in, in, in Week 16 last year. Emmanuel Sanders is running completely wide open. And Jimmy Garoppolo's pass is so bad that it causes him to have to make a falling backwards catch. There's no quarterback in the league that shouldn't have hit Emmanuel Sanders on the money and let him take that in for a touchdown. That's the kind of stuff we're seeing. Against the Packers, he had George Kittle running. No one within 20 yards of him. George Kittle had to slow down, come back, get the ball, and then outrace the defense to the end zone shouldn't have to do that. He can't throw the deep ball. Jared Goff can. Jared Goff absolutely can. And I I would take Jared Goff ten times out of ten in the clean pocket over Jimmy Garoppolo just because of what I know his arm talent can do. Once Jared Goff gets pressured, and you you alluded to this, once he gets a pressure in his face and he starts to the pockets starts to break down, he doesn't make great decisions. I think Jimmy Garoppolo makes better decisions than that. But Goff is more physically gifted. And I think you can stick with a guy that's more physically gifted and teach him how to do this stuff than to try and teach a guy that's struggling with that and struggles with the throws.
3: Uh, and I would also venture to say, when it comes to Goff, I mean, Goff gets his criticism. Pe- people think, you know, it, when the Rams struggle, people think that Goff is, you know, Satan. I mean, he's... Yeah. yeah. And, and, but yet, when you watch his film, even from last year to this year, Goff has... Over the course of time, he is improving the pocket. He is making better decisions. Mm He still does the occasional dumb thing, but he's still improving. (laughs) And there's the one thing that you make a point on that I I I have to attest to is there is nobody in the NFL that throws a better sideline intermediate pass than Jared Goff. Correct. Nobody.
2: Absolutely agreed.
3: Okay, and he has a great deep ball Uh that. When given time, is dead on. Now, I mean, the the, the trade off is when he's off, he's he's off. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. but when he's on, it's it's one of the great deep balls in the league. I can attest to those two things. You know, so I, I get what you're saying there, and then I have to wonder though, going back, what attracted the 49ers to him then? If 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 Jimmy Garoppolo had these flaws. And this is a big investment that they've made in him over the course of the last couple of years. Go from going to training for for him mm-hmm. and paying him all this money. And now a couple of years in, after knee surgery and high ankle injuries and a Super Bowl run, they're thinking this could be it for him.
2: Yeah, the the investment Jimmy Garoppolo put them in a tough spot in twenty seventeen. I'll tell you that right now. He put them in a very, very tough spot because basically, you know, they trade a second-round pick for him. You trade a second-round pick for a quarterback, and he doesn't quite pan out. You can deal with that. You can live with that, right? I mean, think about they drafted Dante Pettis in the second round. Think what they've gotten out of him. Absolutely nothing for two years now, right? They had some flashes as a rookie, but pretty much nothing since. Um, he's he's not even suiting up anymore. He was, he was a healthy scratch against the Dolphins. If you give away a second-round pick, you can deal with that. Jimmy Grapple put them in a tough spot because in 2017 he came out and went 5-0 with a bad football team. And when you go 5-0 and with a bad football team, albeit they would have gotten smacked by the Rams in Week 17. I was actually at that game in the Coliseum. Uh, they mm-hmm. would have gotten smacked by the Rams if they played the real Rams and not Rams light. Not no Aaron Donald, no Todd Gurley, no Jared Goff. Uh, I was the there Adams too. In there. I was there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, had they had they not played Rams light, I think they would have lost that game. Um but the problem is, like it or not, teams are subject to mob mentality. And when, when Garoppolo went 5-0, and the mob was saying, sign him, sign him, sign him. Don't let this guy go. Don't turn this into a Kirk Cousins situation with a franchise tag where you can't come to a deal. And they signed him to this big contract. It's the biggest at the time. I think it lasted for two days before Stafford and Kirk Cousins both got paid more than him. Um, but they had to invest in him at that point because he he showed some leadership and he showed something that the Forders hadn't had in a long time at the quarterback position the problem is that's the best we ever saw him was in 2017 and even if you go back and look at at the stats and you watch the tape and you watch the film he wasn't that good like he wasn't bad but he still struggled with the deep ball. He threw seven, you know, threw seven touchdowns to five interceptions in five games. Um, he was missing guys. It's just mm-hmm. he had the cojones to sit in the pocket and throw, just like just let it rip. And we haven't seen that since. We, we he's lost the gunslinger mentality, and because of that, he's struggling. He, his footwork is bad. It's just uh, I could go on for days about this stuff, and and I get called Jimmy Hater all the time, and, and there's a bunch of people that believe he can still bring it back and do it. I think he has it in him to do that. I think his confidence is shot, and the one position in football, if your confidence is a shot, you're not going to make it. It's quarterback. If you're not confident that you can make throws, you're not going to make them because that's the difference. Uh, you say Jared Goff throws the best intermediate out like outside the numbers deep ball. I would say that. There's probably 20 quarterbacks that can make that same throw. The difference is the confidence to make it. Jared mm-hmm. Goff knows he's going to make that throw every time, so he's on the money every time. That's that's where it comes in, and I just don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has the confidence to do it.
3: That brings me to now. and I, you know, At the 2017 game, I remember him throwing two interceptions. Kevin Peterson mm-hmm. got those interceptions, and I'm thinking this is, mm-hmm. this is their future a third-string cornerback yeah. on this roster? This is your future? Has it just picked you off twice? That's what I was thinking at the time. As these Niner fans who were there were bragging about their team being awesome, I'm sitting there going, dude, you're 6-10. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, <laughs> that's how the rivalry goes, I guess. Think of this matchup yeah, was, now. Uh... It was 34-13, that game, and the Rams played their third and four stringers.
2: Yeah, that was a that was that was a, that was a smoke and mirrors game, and I think that that attributed a lot to the offseason.
3: Yeah, and I remember thinking of that game, you know, okay, two touchdowns, two interceptions. They had some nice things. I gave a lot of um, a lot of credit to Garoppolo leading that bad team down for a nice dominating victory with that much in terms of offense. But I would I left that game wondering, what is his? How good is he really going to be? Like we mm-hmm. because we've seen him, we we've seen him in the Patriots offense here and there, and we're seeing here, mm-hmm. him here in mop up time. I mean, I, that, that's I, I remember that I remember podcasting that night and wondering where's where's his future at. So
2: yeah, there's, I mean, there's, a, there's a fair question at time, and now we're starting to see exactly what everyone was questioning when they gave him that contract, you know, three years ago.
3: So looking now, you know, you have a Rams defense that's going to miss a couple guys. Uh, you still have Aaron Donald in there. You have, you know, pass rusher. Noco Rock was out. You have uh, Michael Kaiser may or may not play. How are you looking at the way the 49ers match up against this Rams defense? Is missing a couple guys. Jordan Fowler's out. Sorry, Jordan Fuller's out.
2: Mm-hmm. The, the one thing they have to do, and they have to neutralize the best player in football, and that is Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is – like, I, I picked him when PFN did their, did their top 100 players. They had all the staff kind of vote on everything. I voted Aaron Donald one because I just—I mm-hmm. absolutely think he's the best player in football. I don't think there's any question. Russell Wilson was my number two for the record because I think he's the best quarterback in football, and it pains me that twice a year the 49ers got to play these two guys. Um, but you got to neutralize Aaron Donald. And I think the way you're going to have to do that is use his aggression against him. I think they're going to have to run a lot of trap plays where they let him get up the field and then the running back scoots past him. Because the, the way the 49ers interior pass, uh, interior pass protection is right now and they're run blocking from the interior, it's bad. It's not been good. Uh, the guards are struggling. They're on their backup center right now. It's been a mess up the middle. So if they let just Aaron Donald kind of Run rampant. It's going to be a tough matchup for them. I think they have to get rid of the ball quick. I think they, I think you're looking at screen plays. You're looking at getting the ball to Kittle as fast as you can. And again, this is what I go back to. It's it's the defense isn't threatened down the field, so they can sit on this stuff. And Raheem Mostert's going to be a huge part of this game. I think I think they're going to try and force feed him the ball and do whatever they can to keep the ball moving and keep this clock moving because they want this game to be as short as possible because they don't want to turn the ball. They don't want to give the ball, necessarily turn the ball over. They obviously don't want to turn it over, but they don't want to give the ball to Jared Goff too many times because the way the 49ers secondary is playing, Jared Goff can tear him up.
3: Flip it around now. This this Rams offense against the Niners, there's still a lot of talent on the Niners defense, especially yeah. the linebacker. Where, yes. where can the Rams attack them? Where are they going to be trying to get to the Rams What do you think will be the game plan out of this 4-iron defense?
2: Get the ball to Cooper Cup. Get the ball to Cooper Cup early and often uh, because he's coming out of the slot, and when you look at Jamar Taylor, their slot corner, K'Wall Williams, one of the best slot corners in the NFL, not playing. Richard Sherman, not playing. Quan Alexander, not playing. Obviously, Bosa and Ford are out. Uh, You're looking... you got to make moves to get the ball to your receivers in space because the 49ers secondary is not playing very well right now uh both starting safeties are there and i say this all the time they're the safest safeties in the league they're going to keep everything in front of them and not get beat deep for the most part but they're not going to jump routes or not going to make plays so if you sit intermediate routes and you just feed your you feed your wide receivers cooper cup out of the slot robert woods who i believe is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league i absolutely love Robert Woods, I think his game is fantastic, and I'm glad he had a little bit of a coming out game against the Washington Football Team. There, um, you got to go after everybody with Fred Warner. Avoid Fred Warner at all costs because uh, you saw in Week 16 last year, Fred Warner took a pick six to the house. Um, he is, the, I believe, Fred Warner is the best linebacker in football. Stay away from him. However, you got to do that. Stay away from him because that's where you can make some mistakes. I would attack Jamar Taylor all day. If I'm Sean McVay, and I would try and run the ball a lot and tire out this defensive line because the depth ain't there. They're good. Javon Kinlaw is good. Eric Armstead is good. Kerry Hyder is playing very well. DJ Jones, or nose tackle, is good. But after that, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, D Ford, they're all out. It's the depth isn't there. So they really got to try and wear out this defensive line because if they do that, then they're not going to pass rush late in the game, and Jared Goff can just do his thing and pick them apart.
3: So, it sounds also like establishing the run early for the Rams would be a big deal if you're trying to wear out that offensive line. I mean, defensive line. That's the way to go, try to get them out of this game, wear them down, have them breathing hard, attack a Cooper Cup. That's what it seems like you're saying.
2: Yes. Absolutely. That's exactly what I would do. And um, I actually really like the fact that Higby and, and Everett have both been playing. I think that's a very you know, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay come from the same tree. So using two tight ends is very, very similar to them. Uh, and Everett had a big game last week. I think if you can get these guys in mismatches and get them away from Dre Greenlaw and away from Fred Warner, I think they can have success. Because I don't – there's there's just so many pieces on this Rams offense scare me because I don't know how the 49ers are going to match up with them.
3: That's the one thing I really like about the Rams' offense this year. That they sort of did at the end of last year when everything was coming together. Is that they have all these different weapons. None of them are great on their own. Like there's no number one deep threat. This has actually been my complaint. If there's anything about the Rams at wide receivers. there's no one that scares like a Julio Jones. But teams do have to come in and wonder who, where are they going this time? Mm-hmm. And that, that to me is a. a it was a surprise for me. Joe Everett is a guy I believe in. I think if he was another on any other team in the league right now, he's a pro bowler. I honestly believe that. But they've had so many different weapons there that it's been hard to establish himself. Tyler Hibby at the end of last year, amazing numbers at you the know, end of last year, has been in and out in terms of the numbers this year. Why? Because they have so many different guys that can nail you. That's the hardest. To, that's the hardest part to me about doing the Rams offense right now is they can they can kill you in seven different ways.
2: Yeah, and that's really what's going to tear up uh, Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, a lot of people are calling for his head again. I don't understand that one. Um, they're saying he's he's not that good. Well, he's missing his top, you know, he's missing his top corners, he's missing his top pass rushers. He's missing a whole bunch of pieces all along the defense and he's being asked to kind of pick up the slack and and he's not been able to do it. Um, playing Brian Allen for so long last week and get him get torn up is terrible. Uh, if I were Sean McVay, I would come out, play one, and try and take a deep shot and just see if they're going to give the same thing up over and over again like they did against Miami, see if they learn their lesson. Because uh, like we said, that Jared Goff throws that good deep ball Maybe just kind of put it out there and see what happens because Miami, I don't think, has a true number one wide receiver. Last week and last week they were tearing them up with that deep ball. So I would come out. I would come out swinging. But also, like I said, you know, you do want to establish the run and and get that defensive line tired because uh, as good as they are and as talented as they are, there's just so few of them anymore that they 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 just can't get consistent pressure all game long.
3: Well, I'm thinking about in terms of that's a problem for the Rams. They don't throw deep enough. They tend to get compact, compact, and that was why it was a big deal, at least from my perspective, that they did get to Robert Woods deep last week. They did go go take the shot. They have to take shots. Every team in the league, in my view, has to take shots. You want that defense mm-hmm. respecting every aspect of your offense, and that is something that if the foreigners are going to be able to, if the foreigners can find ways to collapse that defense in on the Rams. Then they're going to have a a much more you have a better chance of taking the Rams out. They're going to have a better chance of getting pressure on 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 golf. They're going to have a better chance at wearing down that Rams offensive line. There there are guys in that offensive line who are aging or have struggled with injuries the last couple of years. This is their shot. That's just how they're going to, have to do it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm seeing I'm seeing the Rams offensive line right now holding up okay, and I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay even getting the running backs more involved in the passing game, which is something that they completely fell away from last year. And that adds even more to being able to deal with problems of pass rush. It's not an easy thing for teams to handle right now, and the Rams still have plenty of flaws in the process.
2: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup because I think the – the 49ers, like, like you were saying before we got on, I, I think this is going to be a little bit, I think this game is a game that can get out of hand for the 49ers. You think it can be a little bit closer because the 49ers still are a talented team, and I believe that. I do believe they are a talented team, but, you know, like I've alluded to, they just haven't come out with that fire. And if they come out flat on Sunday night and the Rams get up on them and the Rams get a lead, it's going to get ugly quick. The, the 49ers have shown that they, they do not play well from behind. And, uh, that that's the, that's got to be the key for the for the Raven, for excuse me, for the Raven, the Rams uh, not the Ravens for the Rams is to get the lead early and hold it because you're going to force the 49ers out of their comfort zone out of their run game out of the play action all that stuff and it's just going to lead to I don't know just just an ugly night for the 49ers
3: Kittle George Kittle mm-hmm. yeah we he's someone who's hurt the Rams in the past he's someone that has had some injuries in the last couple years that made me go, ah, you know, what's going on? Where is he fitting in right now in this entire offense? Is he someone you expect to see get established in this game early on?
2: They they better. (laughs) They better get him involved early. We saw him go off when he came back his first game against the Philadelphia Eagles. He goes off for 15 catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. And that's with Nick Mullins and and C.J. Beathard, his quarterback, so he's doing that with the backups. You got to – you got to get him involved early. That's what they really have to do. But, again, that's what key, that's what teams have been keying in on. And they've just been sitting on his middle routes and underneath routes and not letting him be the yak monster that he is, not letting him catch and run. And if the, the Rams can prevent him from doing that, it's going to be a long night for the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan has to find a way to get Kittle the ball in space and let him create and just let him be a bulldozer down the field because uh, – you know, guys like Jalen Ramsey might be able to shut down Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk. I don't know if there's anyone on the Rams' defense that can one-on-one absolutely shut down Kittle. Um, I do love Taylor Rapp, uh, second-year guy of Washington. Big fan. Uh, one of the 49ers to go out and get him because I think he's just a playmaker. I don't know if he, he can do it. I don't know if he can be the guy to shut down George Kittle. So um, if the 49ers want to have success, that's what they're going to have to do.
3: The guy to – the I would think they would want, want to deal with Kittle, got himself hurt last week, and that was Jordan Fuller. That was the guy yeah. I think they want to have out there with them. You know, you have Jalen Ramsey, you have Troy Hill playing well, but to deal with Kittle in the middle, you need someone, and that would have been last year, Corey Lilton, or mm-hmm. even more, in the Robbie Cole, but neither one are there. And that is one of the big questions we have about the Rams defense, because they're... If you look at the numbers right now, they have some really nice numbers. And then when you actually watch them play, you know the truth. And that is when the right teams come along, you can hurt this Rams defense. If the right team establishes the running game, if the right team can really take advantage of the questionable linebacking they have right now, then there's plenty of yardage to have on this Rams defense. Granted, they're resilient. They're very resilient, yeah. and they find ways to make plays. But, I mean, if the 49 are going to come out there and win this game, there are areas in that Rams defense to attack. That The Rams have legal legal sacks right now. Blows my mind. But a lot of that is coming off of individual performances and some, a really weak Washington defensive line last week.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You're not going to get Washington offensive line. You're not going to get... Yeah, I guess the Niners. The Niners are struggling off on the offensive line. I get that, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, just look at the film on Washington's offensive line. You know what I'm talking about. Outside of Aaron Donald, the Rams have very little solo pass rush ability. They need other things to happen for them to get there, and that's going to be something to watch in the game as well.
2: Yeah, if they have to blitz and Jimmy Garoppolo can recognize it early and get the ball out quick, that'll be a huge bonus for the 49ers. Uh I don't know. Like I said, I'm just. I, I'm so disgusted with, with the performances for the last two weeks for the 49ers that I'm not holding my breath that they're going to come out and be, be a strong performing team. It's just. It, it, they scare me with how they. There's no emotion. They don't get angry. You're losing by that much. You know, I want to see a helmet thrown on the sideline. I want to see somebody yelling at each other. They kind of just hang their heads and walk off the field. And it just feels like they've thrown in the towel on the year. And. If they have, it's going to be a long one for me to watch. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope someone's listening to this. I don't know whoever's listening to this and just goes, you know, forget that guy. We're going to go out and we're going to prove him wrong because I, I would love for that to be the case.
3: <laughs> but is that going to be the case? Let's let's end the uh, the the interview, the preview here with your your call. What are you calling this game to be?
2: Uh, a double digit Rams win. That's what I'm calling it to be. I, I, I firmly believe that the Rams are going to not necessarily throttle them, but I don't think it's going to be close. I think it might be a, a, one of those games where the 49ers get a garbage time touchdown and make it seem like the score was closer than the game actually was. But I expect this one to be over, maybe not in the first half, but you know, early third quarter, mid-third quarter, I expect the game to just kind of be like, all right, we know where this one's going, and I'm just going to have to sit there and stay up past my bedtime and watch the game out here on the East Coast.
3: So for me, on this, I I look at it as two rivals, national televised game. The Rams do have some weaknesses. I mean, they are the second team, second team in the league. They've got yeah. problems to that, that they've been able to work through. Okay, I don't on my end don't like the feel of it. You know, there's still there's still too much talent on that 49ers team. Sooner or later, someone's going to figure it out over there. Mm-hmm. And it might as well be in a rivalry game when things really get real. You know, when you, when you feel like your season's on the line, I think you're right about, I think you're right that, that we're going to find out a lot about the 49ers on, on Sunday night. Are they going to be able to pull it together, get the emotion they need to pull them out of this thing, to focus them and to salvage a season or are we going to see them crumple on national TV? And, that's where I would get concerned. When people say emotion doesn't really play into a game, sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it does. Sometimes when, you, when your back's against the wall, when any animal's back's against this wall, they're going to fight to survive. You know, the, the will to yeah. survive. And the foreigners are too talented, and they've been too successful to not have that in them. So that's why I expect- I am still expecting a close game. I I had this game marked in the offseason as a 49ers win. I I think there's still a-, a good case I can make for that, but being that there are problems here, I'm going to I'm going to go Rams closer 27-24. Okay.
2: Okay. I like so, it. Uh I-, I I think I'm hoping That's the case. I'm obviously hoping the 49ers come out on top, but I would just mm-hmm take a watchable game at this point. Cause the last two have been you know, Southern night sinker against the Eagles. And then just really wanting to turn off the, uh, the dolphins game, but couldn't cause I had to sit there and suffer through it. So I could talk about it on the podcast. So I would take, I would take a three point game cause that would make it very, very watchable. Let's make it four points. Cause I took the Rams minus three and a half. So let's have the Rams <laughs> cover. How's that sound?
3: Yeah. All right. So be it. All right. I Can you tell people where they can find you and all of your work. I mentioned earlier, but we want to see you, uh, we got nowhere to go. Where I go, catch their arch rivals' stuff.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me covering 49ers stuff at 49ers Hub, and 49ers Web Zone, uh, of course, the Fourth and Gold podcast, which is part of Pro Football Network. Um, and then, speaking of Pro, Bowl, Pro Football Network, uh, me and my Fourth and Gold podcast host Javi, we are on what's called the breakdown, and it's basically Sunday night. Before Sunday Night Football, we break down all of Sunday Day action. We talk with Mike Tanier. He gives us a big preview on his Monday Breakdown stuff, any news from around the league, any, any rumblings of coach firings, trades, anything else going on. Uh, Mike is there to hook it up, and we go through all the games. We talk about the best fantasy players, um, the best performers of the day, everything. And then you can follow me on Twitter, at MattBar underscore. I promise I interact with just about everybody, so if, even if you want to come talk a little smack, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll jump in the trenches with you
3: outstanding all right matt hopefully we talk again later this season hopefully we're still talking about a great rivalry for the year and uh yeah. we'll see you then
2: absolutely thanks for having me man
3: all right thank you take care matt is nervous and so am i we're both for different reasons what are your thoughts let us know on twitter at talk rams let us know what and Facebook at the in the Rams Talk Room on the Rams Talk page. And we would love to hear your thoughts on what's going on with this game for real. Please make that happen. We want to hear from you. We want to know as rivalries begin to pop up on the Rams schedule. Cannot wait for this one. Cannot wait for national TV. Can't wait. Cannot wait for all the fun that comes with playing the 49ers. Alright, folks, it's time for us to roll. Before we do, I want to just kind of fill in some things. You know, Jordan Fuller's on the IR. We know that Okoronkwo was out for for a few weeks. That's a problem for the Rams. Keep that in mind as they put this whole thing together for this Sunday night. We're going to see how good Taylor Rapp is. We're going to see how well he adjusts to being back at the starter position with Jordan Fuller out. And we're going to see how these linebackers adjust, and how the edge rush adjusts with Okoronkwo out. So just some things to watch for as we move into the weekend. All right, time for me to get out of here. Follow me on Twitter, DC Paula. Follow all of our guys. And don't forget the writing, the work that our guys are doing on the website, ranchtalk.net. These guys are working hard. Go check them out. All right, time for me to get out of here. Have a great one.